I'm Alan Hall, president of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, and I'm here with the vice president of North American Sales for Wind Power Lab, Joel Saxum. And today we're talking about the need for wind blade inspections and repair planning with our guest, Armando Costa Rigo, founder and CEO of Arthwind. And Arthwind are the blade doctors of Brazil. Now, if you've been around wind turbines long enough, you know that wind turbines are a critical part of the renewable energy infrastructure, but they're also complex machines that can be susceptible to damage, and wind blades are particularly vulnerable to damage from ice, wind, and other environmental factors. And that's why it's important to have a comprehensive blade inspection and repair plan in place. Uh, this plan should include the schedule for regular inspections and a process for identifying and repairing any damage that is found, and Earthwind is really key part of that. Uh, by following a regular inspection and repair plan, you can ensure your, your wind turbine blades are operating safely and efficiently. And you can also definitely ex extend the lifetime of your wind turbines, which will save money in the long run. So in this podcast, we're going to discuss all of the important factors of wind blade inspections and repair planning. We'll also talk about some of the latest technology that Arthwind has used to inspect and repair wind turbine blades. Armando, welcome to the program. Hey guys, thank you very much for this introduction. It's really a pleasure to be here the first time after meeting you several times around the world. So now we are here now. <laughs> so Arthwind's based in Brazil. You guys are located just outside of Sao Paulo. And you, you, you formed a company because you had a lot of blade expertise. Uh, you, may, you may want to give a brief description of, of where you learned about blades. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We are located in near to Sao Paulo, actually Sorocaba. Sorocaba is uh, uh, a city where... Uh, Texas has built more than 50,000 wind blades since 2007. So we have here a, a hub of uh, expertise uh, of the old uh, kinds of blades now, uh, at, at 37 meters, 40 meters, 48, 90 longer blades. And my, my expertise started in Europe, actually. I was running wind blade maintenance uh, through a, a company, a local company there, uh, since 2009 up to 2015. Then I returned to Brazil to manage the operation in South America and I decided in 2007 to create my own project called Artwind to bring technology to the way how things are getting done, you know. So I was a like of terrific critic of how blades is used, being inspected, inspecting that time, taking pictures from the ground. So I joined uh, uh, partners around the world to, to bring this new technology to Brazil. And so far, since 2017, we, we had successfully inspected more than 45,000 wind blade inspections. And you're tied with Clobotics too. I know you do a lot of drone inspections, which is sort of like the first key of any blade inspections to get some drone data up there. Can you explain the, your relationship with Clobotics? Yes, uh, Clobotics is our actual partner right now since 2020. Uh, uh, we have inspected since the beginning of our relation uh, almost 7,000 wind turbines in Brazil. So it's 21,000 wind blades. So uh, we have found a, a great reliability and uh, a good connection with the guys from Probotics and to, to be able to scale the, the technology in Brazil. As you know, Brazil, we have uh, a kind of particular market. So we have a, 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 a high power capacity sector. So you're talking that average here almost achieves the 50% in a yearly basis. And you have flat wind condition that's good for the machine. Uh, but on the other side, you have modern machines here. So we are talking that we are achieving uh, 26 gigawatts in Brazil with 10,000 wind turbines. So if we make the average power output is 2.6 megawatts per turbine in Brazil. That's huge. Yeah. Brazil has some of the best winds in the world, right? 
Yeah, that's right. So it's a flat wind constant, uh, unidirectional. So if we go to the northeast of Brazil, we have eight, uh, 89% of all fleet installed. And in, this, in the south, we have the other 11. So we have a huge space between the, uh, the north, the south, and northeast that's empty. And now the folks are looking to the offshore market that will be the upcoming challenge for Brazil. Some, I guess, market knowledge, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Armando, when we talk about this, but Northeast Brazil is pretty remote. Most of the wind farms up there are pretty in pretty remote areas. So the fact that you guys are bringing advanced technology helps that much more, right? Because it's tough to get technicians up there and back and mobilize and mobilize this and mobilize that. So having key technology platforms, such I know you guys have got the Cobotics drone, right? But you also have an internal crawler for doing internal blade inspections, correct? And if and if you guys can mobilize all that at once, that's that's that much easier when you guys are that remote. Yeah, so we have a lot of logistic challenges in, in Brazil. Uh, so the wind fire is so far from the coast, so sometimes we need to drive 10 hours around the countryside to, to get an inspection done. Uh, and yes, we started 2017, so it was much more harder because, you know, we, we, we work with data. And six years ago, this region was not connected to the the internet, good internet, you now to high-speed internet. So now all of that is, is solved. Uh, and in 2020, after three years inspecting with drone, we, we were insisting some technology that could bring the internal data to our twin because we are avoiding to work with a tower technician. We are a service provider, but very focused in technology, uh, just to insist to change the, how the things are get done. And we created it uh, during the, pand the pandemic, 2020, uh, beginning March, we started with our toy that called the Arctobot that I have here right now. And uh, it started going to market, you know, with the first crawler. Uh, we inspected the first year like 300 wind turbines, the second year uh, 700. And this year, since January, we already get inspected more than 1,000 wind turbines since January with this rover. So we have already the version 2.0 of this rover. So it's a kind of automated that go collecting data inside the blade. And this, if you put the amount of, of new images that the owners can get from this inspection and how it changes the decision is dramatically. So we see that only with the external uh, uh, images, we cannot uh, uh, combine the puzzle uh, to give uh, uh, really cover all risks uh, behind the OEM maintenance. So uh, from now, I believe, I guess, I'm right that we have the most complete uh, package of inspection in South America. That's huge. Does does the internal inspections open the door into what's actually happened with blades a little bit more? I know for the longest time, it was almost all internal inspections, right? It was all drone inspections. And just recently, we've, last couple of years, really around COVID time, that we started doing internal inspections. What have you learned from those internal inspections? Yes, what did we learn uh, uh, is that is a critical protocol. We have a lot of challenges, you know, uh, it's like, uh, it's utopic right now, tell that the, only the caller will get the right data for the internal inspection that to ensure that all damages are very well inspected because, you know, uh, there is, 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 is another complex structure inside the blade. So if you would go to the external side and you see a, a white or gray surface, Everything that's not gray is something, so note. Uh, we can divide it now in dirty or, or damage. Okay, it's another, another layer. So now this damage can be a cracky or, or a cosmetic failure. Inside the blade is completely different. So 
the knowledge of the product, how this product is built, is the game changer. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure that in two years we will have modern robots and crawler make it very easy to collect the data. But the analysis will face some challenges to 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 avoid to give like false positives and to identify really what is important inside the blade. Yeah, it's it's the the importance of having the blade engineers look at it. Right, we see the same kind of thing Wind Power Lab and other parts of the world where. You got to have structural knowledge of these of these blades, how they're built, how they're manufactured, what the let the different layers mean. But I like the way you put it. I think that's fantastic. Like at the outside, it's it's either white or gray, and if there's something different, there's there's something to look at there. But in the inside, you see wrinkle wrinkles and delaminations and surface cracks. And is that crack deeper? Is it, okay this this bit of uh, resin here looks a little bit white. Why is that? Like, and there's certain reasons and knowledge there that's that's specialized. It's not a and not an as easy as of an AI as a silver bullet type thing. Yes, that's the point. That's the point because uh, inside the blade you have environment, harsh environmental condition, you know. So if you go only with the robot, uh, you have oil, we have dusty from the blade manufacturing. Sometimes the, the odometry is not so precise. So we need to, 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 to restart. So it's not like scalable. We cannot scale like 10, 11, 12 turbine in a single day like we do with drones. So we are talking that for the modern machines with plus 70 meters longer blades, we are talking to make one blade, one turbine per day or one and a half, you know, because we have limited time, 10 hours, we need to climb all equipment, we need to prepare uh, protocols of safety, then you start the job. For the drone, no, we put the drone on the ground and fly away uh, around the wind turbine. So if you scale so much, we uh, uh, lose quality. So if you lose quality, we are not providing the, the visibility that the, the customer is looking for. and. The game change on that, the, the key point is the blade specialist, like you said, Joel. So today we have 22 blade specialists in the back office working constantly analyzing data. So all of these guys do is analyze data, cross data, check it, specification from manufacturing and to give the better recommendation. It's not like only several three, four, five recommendation. No, I need to understand deeply how this product was built to give the right recommendation. Armando, I know when we talked previously, you mentioned the number of internal inspection um, vehicles you have in your fleet. What, what was that number? Yeah, this year was a challenge because we started with four units and now we have 26 units deployed. That's quite a, quite a big change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. All built by our team. So we have our developers here so who is working with the robots. So it's different. Now, as a services company, we uh, working with tech development with robotic software, but the guys are doing very well because I, 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 I truly believe that the knowledge of the product that is start to build the technology to, to be employed. So we have all of this pilar, uh, inside the art and it makes the development going fast, faster than when you have only the tech side of the value chain. And, and so you guys are, you guys are, uh, of course, based out of Brazil, but what other markets are you playing and are you in Argentina and Uruguay? Chile and everything in the South America, or are you getting uh, further than that? Yeah, right now we are open to to work. We work in Uruguay, Chile, uh, some opportunities of consulting in Mexico. We provide some consulting for the United States as well, Europe. So uh, the consulting arms of our team, we can uh, provide service around the world, you now only analyzing data. But with some field, we are planning uh, so far only in Brazil. And maybe with the technology of rovers, we can explore another land like in North America, only sending the technology to the customers. 
operate by themselves. What, what things are you seeing in Brazil, Armando, that would be different than you would typically see like in Europe and the United States? Just because the, the wind turbines are constantly spinning and producing power, it seems like that's a rough life for a, a wind turbine. Oh, the, the edge is, is you know, is, I, I talk to my customers. So the leading edge will happen. Uh, early or late will happen. So what we saw in Brazil uh, in 2015, when the customers started with the wind power generation in Brazil, they were not very well skilled. So they left everything to the manufacturer in a full service agreement. So the manufacturer has carried all uh, uh, maintenance protocols. And for sure, there is some parts of the inspection that was not very well uh, covered. So like erosion, so like lightning strikes. So what do we have now, 10 years later, uh, that we achieve now in two years of the expiring this contract is that there is a lot, a, a huge backlog of service to be offered. So, uh, I see a lot of opportunities for linear energy pair right now, but we need to make that smart to be cost efficient because, you know, it's not the same to repair like a wind farm with 10 wind turbines and to repair a wind farm with 242 wind turbines. So uh, for this reason, I do believe that the, the robotic technologies will be the game changer to cover all of this backlog. And, and also um, replying what we see different here, you know, I, I'm, I'm not used anymore to to the condition of blades in, in Europe or United States, but what we see here is we have modern modern products. We have blades manufactured here in Brazil uh, with 74, 84 meters longer. And what you see that we show inspecting a yearly basis, uh, uh, premature damages is, is still seen identified now, uh, uh, probably some manufacturing deviation that becoming a crack, you know, because it's not related to wearing the track. But once we cross the data from, from internal, where we can see some manufacturing deviation, but it do not means, it doesn't means that it will become a defect. We can track and monitor. For example, this wrinkle that we couldn't, couldn't know the acceptation criteria from the manufacturer, if it will become on our, or, or not in a damage, we just uh, uh, could monitor in this damage, you know, because it's very easy to see a damage near the stage and to fix it. But the decision to put the hands in this, in this damage, to remove the layers is something that we needed to, to have a data driven. So it is data from the internal uh, can explain a lot of the behavior of this damage, how it will uh, uh, progress uh, during the life cycle. So with all of this data across, uh, uh, we have a kind of a smart decision when we decide to make it repair. What do we reinforce to the customer here is why to make this repair now? So only because it's a crack, but let's look at the historical, how, how many cycles it's uh, had had to achieve this point. So with all of this know-how, knowledge, and different uh, kinds of bleed analysis, we can address a better budget prioritization to our customer. Yeah, and I think that's the real key here is, is Arthwin doesn't just do inspections. They are providing the repair pathway and a recommendation on when to do, which is probably the, the, the most important piece of when to spend money to actually repair a blade. And that's unique, I think. A lot of companies do inspections. Some of them just do only the repair side because they have blade experts on hand. But the, to, to do the whole 
package, I think, is a little unique. And that, that creates a, a very valuable uh, partnership. If, if I'm operating a wind farm down in Brazil, I will want to work with you because you understand what's happening. And you can help me if I have a problem, you can help me get it fixed. Is that what your customers are seeing? Yes, uh, fortunately, we have a, a, a close relationship with all of our customer. Uh, some customer call our, our field technicians like, hey, you are our employee here, so you are in our family. So it makes it easy when we have this relation because we can discuss what is the risk behind. No, we can explain better. We are not always in the rush. So uh, in 2019, we started to audit repairs performed by third-party companies. And we identified a lack of quality in the industry. So a lot of open repairing blades, repairing blades, but why is this is repairing this damaging, not that? And the protocols was not good. Uh, so many of points that we uh, identified during our reinspection is the control of the warranty of those repairs. Because if we back like three, four years ago, uh, we can invoice the repair, we can receive that, but we don't have the warranty control. So there's a lot of money involved with all that. So it can make it and uh, reinforce to customers who do not spend money inspecting the blades that they can have a payback on that, you know? So uh, this data is very rich, you know? To be honest with you as well, Armando, that's a global problem. There's not a whole lot of blade repair companies out there that are really good, right? Because to do it correctly, you need, what, what, you need skilled technicians. <clears throat> you need a lot of them. Um, with the problems we have now in the, in the global industry, but you also need to have back office engineers that are very skilled as well and know the processes. So now you have, if you can put that team together on the repair side, then you've got to figure out a way to get data back and forth consistently, right? Because you may have a really skilled technician in the field, but while they're doing a scarf repair or something of the sort, they may, you know, it's almost like they need a, you need a engineering QAQC step as they go along. And if you don't have a good connection of data back and forth, that gets, stuff gets lost in there as well. So there's there's a it, to get a good auditing trail for repairs is tough. So it's great that you guys are doing that because we see it all over the place. Yes, in our history in the wind industry in Brazil was exactly that. We started the OEM cycle, uh, uh, inspecting like operate operating wind turbines. Then we step back to end of warrants because there was forgotten in the market. And there's a lot of money involved on that. Responsibilities it can change contracts during the end of warranty. Then we identified that during the end of warranty, we identified it like several cases caused in the construction. So now we have teams, squads in the construction, making inspection. Once the truck arrives in the wind farm, the drone already mapped this blade, and we can analyze the gates where this damage is caused. So to understand the root cause, if it's a bad handling procedure, like used, we find the wind farm. If it's during transportation, and so we can charge responsibilities for the transportation company, not to the owner of the wind farm. And it brings proof uh, us to the manufacturing gate. So, and now we have 10 auditors uh, uh, auditing daily uh, blade manufacturing process in Brazil as well. So we cover all value chain just to ensure that this blade can uh, start the operational cycle health, you know, with, and safely. But I think that's a unique piece of Earthwind. And I know when I first talked to you about being inside the factories, the blade factories, and providing the quality inspection for the owner operators, I thought, wow, 
that should be done worldwide. It's that seems like a really smart move. I, I don't know why it's so much limited to Brazil at the moment, but it, it does it does doesn't it produce better quality blades? You're kind of catching things early before they become really expensive. Yes, we are there. Uh, uh, many drop points. The faults of process to track the non-performance that is solved before the blade leave the manufacturing process. You know. So, but I think that the most important, if you deploy guys in the, in the wind manufacturing gates, uh, before loading to the truck, I think that is a good job to do for the, every players, the entire industry, you know, it's very easy to allocate, uh, audit control, uh, in the, inside the manufacturing, manufacturing expedition. As you know, there is a lot of IP, sometimes it's they are not allowed to visit the manufacturing. Uh, so it's tricky, our markets, you know. Yeah, but I think that's something, I mean, we talk about it at Wind Power Lab all the time as well. It's something that everybody should be doing, right? Like, I'm not going to take delivery of, uh, I always joke with Ferraris. Like, I'm not going to take a delivery of a Ferrari because it's a, you know, a half million dollar car. If, so, if someone's not, if you're not looking over it carefully when you take it, right? But you want to make sure that there's, there's, when you build a home, there's a home inspector, right? That they come and inspect it to make sure they help hold people accountable before you take it. So the, people should be taking Having inspectors, having third parties that we, you know, in the States, we call them bird dogs sometimes because they're out there just kind of like looking around, looking for stuff. So they, everybody should have that. They should use the third party expertise to be able to control what they're getting because you don't want to take ownership of some bad blades. And to be honest with you, it happens all the time. There isn't very many blades we inspect that don't have an issue. Yeah, that's right. And if you see, uh, when we created our change, uh, I created alone. I found it by myself and now I have two partners. Uh, and you have our why very clear, you know, we need to leverage the expertise of the wind blade industry. So if we do that in the manufacturing, the auditing some repair, inspecting any of warranty, providing some, uh, advising to our customer to make it better. So, uh, I think that we are making very well our paper. If we accomplish this communication to, to go away, all players of the industry, because if you see. Uh, we only had some statements, uh, in the last month in May launched by DNV to talk about the importance to respect the blades regularly. So we are talking that to have gigas and the gigas around the, the world. And now we have there a paper that we can show and to endorse what we are saying since 2007. So it's a good moment for us. Companies like Wind Power Labs, Air Twins, that's not involved to the repair. We are not looking to make money repairing blades. We just need to address this budget and to make our industry more sustainable, economically talking. And Armando, how big of a company are you now? It seems like you've been growing pretty rapidly, even through COVID. Yes, after COVID, we almost duplicate the company. So today we are, we are almost 115 guys working. In the back office, you have 22 wind blade specialists. Uh, product designer, really blade designer, really blade uh, process, manufacturing skills. So all cycle of the product we have in the back offs, since the designing up to the, the, the OEM life cycle. And in the field, we have the technicians operating drones, rovers, auditing repair. Everybody have had some contact with wind blade manufacturing industry. And here we have our inside training just to change a little bit the ship of the guys and to to look rightly what they need to show up to the customer. So our fleet of drones today is 11 units. So we have a capacity to inspect more than 9,000 wind blade, uh, wind turbines on a year basis. It's 26 rovers and 
uh, dozens of specialists to provide service to the customers. So what is next for Earthwind? Oh, you know, uh, we see a lot of upcoming challenges. Uh, we see the, the challenge to face to, 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 to grow the business based in, in, in workforce. Uh, the know-how is limited. We cannot hire and train and go to the field. Uh, we are very involved now to, to, to clean up this data and to provide uh, uh, smart advising to the customers right now. So all of the work that we are doing now in Brazil, you know, we are not starting today. All of our advising becomes since 10 years, 30 years that we are accumulating the, the industry. And this know-how, old know-how is helping a lot to other situations if it is modern products that we are seeing in Brazil right now. So Armando, uh, it's been great to have you on the program. I've wanted to have you on the program for a long time and, and we always seem to cross paths in some other country. <laughs> and that that's good. It's good to see you at the, some of these conferences because that's where a lot of business takes place. Speaking of business, how do people get a hold of you at Earthwind? Oh, yes, they can. Find us in the social media. I'm very active in the LinkedIn. So our mother Costa Rego is there with a lot of information about our, what we are saying now, the blue wave. So is a kind of ritual of our, our, our technicians that is arising the arch in the flag in the top of our turbine that we inspect in Brazil. So we have a lot of fun stories in the LinkedIn articles and also in our website, artin.com. Instagram, and also my email, my personal email for sure, is armando.costa at rtbind.com.br, and we can add us here, any kind of situation. Yeah, great. Hey, Armando, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, I love talking to you and learning about all the things that are happening in Brazil, so thanks for being on the podcast. 